This is your host, Vernon Terrell with Grace Ministries International, and it's time for Walking Free. And welcome, we're back, and on this episode, uh, we have the awesome privilege to hear from Cheryl Sneed. Cheryl, welcome. Thank you, Vernon. And you may remember that last name from when we had an episode with Jimmy Sneed. Jimmy is uh, an incredible communicator. Uh, he's been a spiritual director, done a lot of stuff. Um, and uh, now, as I said uh, to Cheryl before we got started, we get to hear the rest <laughs> of the story A Paul Harvey reference. We love you, Paul. Now, uh, Cheryl... We were talking, and I, we're not going to do your whole story, because I think your whole story can be a book. And maybe, <laughs> right, maybe someday it will be. Maybe. Yeah. You never know, right? So, uh, But we were talking about this idea, and I think you, like me, uh, grew up with this uh, weird, well, I grew up in a non-Christian home, first of all, uh, a loving home, good mm -hmm. parents. And, uh, but uh, we didn't really go to church. My mom would take us to church occasionally to, uh, uh, to uh, hear the word and to get some uh, fellowship, if you will. But I never really got it. And a lot, about, a lot of stuff I heard was just screaming at you. And uh, so we were talking about hearing from God and this idea that we can actually hear from God. And what does that really mean? But growing up, for you, I mean, was that even a reality or that you could hear from God? No, not that wasn't my experience. Um, I did grow up in a Christian family in mm -hmm. a small town, um, and we went to church all the time. The doors were open. We were there. My dad was a deacon, a treasurer. Mm -hmm. Mom sang. They taught Sunday school. So I was raised by a loving family. And, but I didn't have the connection that I could hear from God or really talk to him and him hear me. What was that like? I mean, you're, you're growing up, you've got a church family, really, literally a church family, home mm -hmm. family, all in church. But yet, what messages were you receiving about God at that time? Well, for me, I interpreted it as... Fear. Mm. So, um, just to tell you my salvation story, uh, we had regular revivals, and so I was probably about 11, 10 mm -hmm. or 11, and we had a revival, and um, the evangelists began to talk about hell, and I'd heard about hell a lot, and that you don't want to go there. That mm -hmm. was the message. So... It scared me so bad that I did go down to the altar, and I remember my sweet mom, I don't know the exact words, but after church, she said, Cheryl Ann, did you go down there to get saved or to not go to hell? And I said, I, I went not to go to hell. I don't want to go to hell. So that was how I looked at God and Jesus, as Jesus was my escape, that I don't go to hell. I, I hope it took I want it to take, but I was not sure that it did. Mm. But in hindsight, I, I do believe he was there loving right. me. But really, that time, uh, at that time, it's like, 
I like the way you said that. Did it take? <laughs> did it work? Exactly. I mean, did you find yourself going down again? Oh, my goodness. I didn't necessarily go down again, um, but I repented every day, all day long. Um, I would ask him to forgive me for every single thing because I was just, I was so indoctrinated that, you know, if you don't ask for forgiveness and if you Mm. don't repent um, and the Lord's Supper, when it came around, if you you better search your heart. And I was always scared to take it because I was thinking, oh my goodness, have I cured of everything? Yeah. (laughs) What did I forget? I know. (laughs) So it was, it was scary, really, but it was so scary. So I wasn't really in love with God, I was more, I couldn't be because I couldn't trust him. How can you be in love with someone that you think any minute now, yeah, you're going to zap you yes. because you missed one. <laughs> yes, exactly. But wow. I was faithful to him because I didn't want to go to hell. Right. Well, when you're, so you've got this idea, you're trying to make sure it took, you're trying to be a good girl, quote unquote, and just do things right. <clears throat> so did that keep you, I guess, good? Or, <laughs> All your, I mean, was that enough just to keep you on the straight and narrow, as they say? I guess for a time it was. Um, but then, like I said, I have very sweet family, older brothers, and one older brother and two older sisters, so I was the youngest. And it was pretty normal. We lived um, in a town, Bogart, Georgia, right side of Athens, until uh, March of 1972. Uh, and then my whole world changed. Um, and on March 25th, 1972, I asked my mom to take me to Athens to go to the store. That's where you went. There were no stores, mm-hmm. per se. And I, in my recollection, um, I sensed some resistance that she didn't want to go, but she decided to go. And on the way into Athens, um, we were in a car accident. Mm-hmm. Uh, head-on car accident she was killed and I was thrown through the window and uh, I was unconscious I don't know to the extent but um, she she died that day and um, I was in a coma for a week at least and I don't my world on that day on that one event changed Mm -hmm. forever but in fact this is how ingrained (laughs) heaven and hell and all those religious things were taught to me that on the day of that I was so worried I was like mom do you think when people go to heaven they can talk and they can communicate heaven and hell was just a really big thing on my mind Mm -hmm. I could hard it was hardly get away from it and so that was an odd thing but knowing my curiosity as a child I don't find it shocking that I was still asking her questions about heaven and hell because I asked her stuff about God well who made God how could he always be here and you know she was like very patient, but like, honey, I don't know. <laughs> <laughs> great question. I just don't know. She was great, Mom. So after that, the rules, uh, I stayed. I stayed a good girl, so to speak, for a while. But I was so, oh, gosh, you can imagine mm-hmm. how awful it was. And, and I was in a house that didn't talk, you know. And that's not a slam on my father he's he's a good father but he was of that era that you didn't communicate you didn't talk so there was dead silence and in that silence I had to figure life out so I determined that life was my fault every all the bad things that you know that had happened Mm -hmm. to my mom because no one's saying any different right so I was communicating and talking through exactly so I'm a 12 year old is not a good counselor just FYI (laughs) you probably don't want to go to one but that's what I was I was a 12 year old counseling myself uh, and giving some really good really bad 
advice and stories and um, narratives that weren't true, but they were very real to me. What were some of those narratives that you can recall? Yeah, the main one was that uh, I got a new name that day, and that was It's My Fault, and Mm. it's a horrible name. And so I viewed life through that that lens, and I I hated to ask anyone to do anything for me Mm. because I was so afraid that some disaster would happen. If I because did. you asked mom right. to go to the store. Exactly. So that was a huge um, lie that I believed. And it really, I looked through the life of my, my life for many years through that lens of just thinking everything was my fault. And I wanted to be a really good girl then and do mm-hmm. everything right. And, and it just dominated my thinking. Um, so I, I was really not having any freedom. And... You know, um, the interesting thing is, in my 40s or 50s, I found out for the first time that mom had planned to go to the store. Wow. My aunt, her sister, I was confessing to her how sad I was. Mm. And she said, honey, your mom had already planned to go to Athens. So I lived all those lies. Believing (laughs) Believing that. And it seemed like the truth to me, mm. and but it was a lie, and I think there's a big picture in that. You know, we can believe all lies about God, but it feels very real, and we live our life through the lens of the lies that we believe, not even knowing their lies. Right. So that was not lost on me. That wow, I wasted all those years thinking and it everything was, never was my, my fault. fault, and it never was. Wow. So after that, um, I, I struggled, you know, with depression. I remember, um, I, but I do remember one thing I told you about yesterday. I was riding in the back of the car. My dad was driving. And I remember looking up at the stars and saying, don't ever let me forget how bad I'm hurting. Mm-hmm. Because I want to understand people. I want to love them. Because I know what it feels to be so isolated. Right. And not have anyone to communicate with. Mm-hmm. Or, or to say you're okay and you're going to be okay. Wow. Um, so, that was my heart's desire and still is to this day. And God has allowed that for me and has allowed me to be in different positions that I could listen. And that's why when you call Grace Ministries and you hear <laughs> what I call the voice of Grace Ministries International, <laughs> you're hearing from someone who has been hurt and who's believed lies and lived lies and then realized the truth and come through a journey yes, and can understand whatever you got going on, that's the first person that answers the phone here. Aww. That's pretty cool. Thank you, Vernon. I, I, I feel like that's the Lord led me here, and I, mm-hmm. I, I thank him for that. It's, 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 I love to listen. I'm sorry for the pain, but I like to be there. But mm. years later... Because of all that pain, I imagine that's when I stopped being the good girl and went to the scene of drugs and self-medication. How many? How old were you about then? I think I was around 15. 15, yeah. Mm-hmm. Yeah. So I spent many years, up, make, had fake IDs, anything I wanted wow. to get into the bars in Athens. Um, I can say that now because they're not, they're closed and I'm not going to have anybody get arrested. But anyway, um, yes. Yeah, so that was my lifestyle every day, every single mm-hmm. day, um, drugs and alcohol every day. That was 
how I lived. Bars, 90% of the time. I eventually dropped out of high school when my best friend graduated. I couldn't relate to anyone. Um, I mean, they were going to the prom and and all that's fun. I get it. But I just couldn't. No, I had I couldn't relate. I'm like my world has fallen apart, and, and everybody's they're going to a little dance. Yes, exactly. So it was. I just didn't feel like I really fit in. Mm. Um, How did family and church, when you're in that time, going through that, all those um, issues, and trying to just cope with however you could cope with drugs and drinking and whatever else? Mm-hmm. How did the family and or church respond? Well, I really didn't go to church much mm. <clears throat> after that, and I wasn't forced to. My dad didn't force right. me to go, so I would go maybe on a special occasion or, or something like that. Um, and my siblings, all my siblings, are like I said, are older. Two were out of the house, mm-hmm. um, and they were all very good to me. But it wasn't like I had a daily, uh, I got to see them daily, and but I mean, they're Precious. Um, you were pretty much on your own. Yeah. At the house. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Yeah. So my brother and, and myself. Mm-hmm. Um, so that was a lifestyle that I led for many years. Um, not a healthy one, but one that at least let me escape the pain that I mm-hmm. could not deal with until the pain became too much. And I remember I I just thought I cannot live like this anymore. There's got to be more to life than this. You know, it it would, it would relieve the anxiety and pain, but it, only for the time that you were doing it. How, I, how old were What was the time frame between you started about 15 around, when you were mm-hmm. kind of saying, forget it? Exactly. When did that point hit for you? Um, oh, I would say around when I was 20, around 20 or 21. Mm-hmm. Um, I remember being at a party and I just said, you know, it was being two others that were, I'd gotten my GED and going back to Georgia, had to do that. Herschel Walker was playing. Absolutely. So (laughs) I I was going to school there and I was waiting tables and had two roommates and we all partied. And I remember one night when we were partying and I just remember saying, I just want to be married to a preacher. I want children and I want to travel. Preacher equaled safe harbor for me at that Mm -hmm. time even though I had grown up evangelists that were preaching to help for some reason I thought well at least a preacher is faithful to his wife he's probably good so that would be the solution I can have a good life of course we all well anyway we won't go there that's another podcast (laughs) yes but the Lord granted that to me Vernon years Mm. later um he gave me the love of my life Jimmy who had been an evangelist before um, I met him, gave me two wonderful children, and we've been able to travel extensively. Check, check, Yeah. check. And that was in the midst of me asking for that in a drunken stupor. Mm. So it wasn't because I was being a good girl, but to think that God hears us, mm-hmm. heard me then. There was no conditions where I had to do to get back for him to hear me. You weren't going down a sawdust trail (laughs) at that point, promising God left and right. Uh, You just cried out and just said, God. Yeah, and that's huge to me too in hindsight to think that because I've lived by work so much and just just getting set free from that and thinking that he was always there 
he was this could be controversial, but I think he was there when I walked through the bar. I think he mm-hmm. says, I never leave you. Absolutely. I never forsake you. He was always there. I just couldn't see him. And I couldn't hear him. Mm-hmm. Um, but to think that he answered that cry of my heart really blesses me beyond what I can even express. Um, but around that time also, that's when I started getting really miserable with my life. And I don't know how this, where this Bible came from. And I'm, I'm not saying that as a mysterious thing. I just did, I'd moved so much. I didn't know I'd kept a Bible. Right. I don't know. So I was sitting in my house uh, and I was just crying. I was like, I don't think I could do this. anymore. Mm. I just don't think I can live. I don't want to live. It's miserable. And I, you know, was really contemplating taking my life. Mm. And I was like, God, if you're really real, I need you. And so I opened this Bible. I don't, like I say, I don't know where it came from. But this is what I opened to. I printed it out to read it. It was to Psalms 103. Praise the Lord, O my soul. All my inmost being, praise his holy name. Praise the Lord, my soul, and forget not all his benefits, who forgives all your sins and heals all your diseases, who redeems your life from the pit. Mm and crowns you with love and compassion, who satisfies your desires with good things so that your youth is renewed like the eagles. Mm. And I, this is when I first thought I heard God. Mm-hmm. He said, desire is the key. I was like, okay. Then God changed my desires, changed them so that I desire good things, healthy things. And he said, if you take the first step, I'll do the rest. Mm. So the next day I did no drugs. And I haven't done any since. Now, he did give, he is renewing my youth still, which I love. I think I'm happier now than I've ever been in my life and more joy filled and believe him more than ever in my life. But it's, you know, it's, it's been a journey. Uh, but at that time, I did know I, I need to get out of this environment. So I sold everything I had, and I applied to North Georgia College and moved, got accepted or transferred from UGA, and lived there for a semester. And during that time, it was so great. I just, all I wanted to do is read the Word and find out who this God, who is he really? Mm. <laughs> I want to know him, who he really is. Um, so that was just like a really sweet time. And I, I never got asked out on a date, which I was like, am I chopped liver? Because I'm never, you know, <laughs> what is this? And that went on for years. And I, in hindsight, I, I really believe it was just the Lord protecting me mm-hmm. and just loving on me. I didn't always see it like that. I felt pretty rejected sometimes. <laughs> but I think that was his sweet time with me of where I could just be safe really mm-hmm. safe and read his word and start getting to know him and then I started driving from there to go to Mount Perrin um, to hear about the love of God and I remember sitting on the back of the pew and the pastor would be talking about how much God loves you and I would just weep mm. that went on for a long time because it was so cleansing it was so I had so much to get out mm-hmm. and to hear that God loves you over every week, you know, 
I was just, it was like water in the desert, you know. Wow. That's so many people need to hear. They think God is out to get them, that at every turn he's going to judge them if they don't perform right and do right. And what you've experienced is that God was with you through all the messes, all the doubt, and now in all the joy, he's just never left. Never. And he's always loving 100% all the time. Never stops. Never stops. And there's nothing you can do to make him stop Mm. because it's not one of his attributes. That's who he is. He is love. That's amazing. That's what we really think you need to hear that God is love. So here you're hearing all this and as like you said you had so much to get out was it like getting out the emotion obviously were there were there old beliefs and things that you had to kind of wrestle with and let go of? Oh my goodness, yes, I'm still working. <laughs> <laughs> Uh, yes, yeah, so I um, went to counseling at Grace Ministries about over before I married Jimmy, um, but I was looking for a fix, so I couldn't really receive. Mm-hmm. You know, they were like, read this book, and I'm like, oh. What do you mean a fix? What does that mean? Like, I'm looking can for you a just, fix. I'm having a problem, and I need you to tell me what to do. And yeah. they weren't about to do that, and I now I understand it. But then I was like, oh, my goodness, can't you just tell me what to do? I can work a plan. I'm an orphan-minded child. I've been mm-hmm. working a plan and figuring out plans since I was 12 years old because of the orphan mindset. Yes. you got to take care of yourself. I'm like, if you just tell me how to do this, I can do it. I'll get her done. I'll get her done, yes. Mm-hmm. But no, they were like, Jesus. And I'm like, <sighs> <laughs> And then people would say, Jesus told me or God told me. And even though I'd had that experience, God, I didn't feel like God talked to me all the time, you know. Right. Um, and... Even my husband, he would say something about, he would call God Abba and Father. I'm like, if you don't stop, tell me how much Abba Father loves you. <laughs> I just, I'm not hearing all those messages. No. So, yes, I had to, there's a huge belief system that had to be shattered. When, and it's it wasn't done all at one time. It's just been a gradual process. I think for you, it's, and I think this is typical, there is an initial, like you said, um, like and what Scott and I talked about uh, on the last episode about uh, this brokenness of like, I can't do this anymore, God, yeah. I need you. But our whole journey is, is learning to let go of things and let go of ideas and let go of uh, this. If you want to use the word brokenness, some people don't like that word, but where we learn to let go and then trust God. Exactly. Yeah. It's not a one and done. Mm-hmm. Not once and done. <laughs> no, uh, I'm still learning. And I, there's probably lies that I'm still believing that hopefully I'll be open to the Lord revealing those to me because um, Jimmy likes to say this, and I really agree with him. He said, if you can't let go of your belief system, it, I'm paraphrasing, but you can't really grow in knowledge. If you are so indoctrinated into your belief system and think you know God, then how can you How can you grow? Grow. So um, I'm learning that because not only did I not like my belief system, but I was scared to let go of it. It's kind of like, it's not the same, but like let's say a wife is being abused or Mm -hmm. the the kids are being abused. You don't want to leave, you want desperately to leave that. But if you leave, what are you going to find? Is it going to be worse or better? Right. So the unknown. The unknown is scary. And I'm a very like I'm very scared of future and 
the unknown. And so I wanted to believe, but I was like, what if this is wrong and I get zapped and go to hell? You know, so it was hard for me to let go of the belief system, even though it wasn't healthy for me. What, What helps you let go? Is there thing? Is there something that you've learned over this, uh, over these years that helps you let go of the old? Well, one thing that uh, I'm learn, I'm just starting to learn recently, and you may think I'm a really slow learner because this is a scripture I've heard for a long time, <laughs> but it was illuminated to me in a way mm. that I'd never thought about it. And the scripture is, if you've seen, this is Jesus talking. If you've seen me, you've seen the Father. And I, all of a sudden, I was like. Oh, if you've seen me, you've seen the Father. Well, let's find out about Jesus more instead of all these other things that I mm-hmm. concentrate on. So I was just started looking at the stories about Jesus. And I'm like, this is who God is. This is, is. the Father. Yes. And so all of a sudden, I am falling in love with him. And he, I do know he loves me. Of course he loves me. And mm. so, but it's kind of like I'll... Sometimes I'm just sitting in my chair and I look at you and say, I think I just got saved because it's such good news. You know, I've oh. always heard it good news. But but you couldn't accept it. I couldn't accept it. that yeah, as good news because it seemed he seemed really irrational and scary to me and unpredictable. So I would repent because of I didn't want the, the punishment, but I could not put my trust in him because he didn't seem, he wasn't trustworthy. He was just too unpredictable predictable for me I needed someone that was consistent Mm -hmm. and loved me and I knew they were going to always love me and it wasn't based on if I said the right thing or believed the right thing or did the right thing or didn't do something that I'm doing so once I started seeing that God is love and Jesus is showing that Mm. I could get on board with that (laughs) wow so it sounds like then on uh, as you're coming through this journey uh, and and you get to that point, you've got this horrible tragedy, then you tr- you're holding on for a couple of years with this trying to just what you know, but then you just break away at 15, go down this road, and then you come to another point, I don't like this, and even in this drunken state, say, this is, Lord, this is my desire, and by the way, I, be- I truly believe when, when we accept Christ, we get a new heart, and he gives us desires. Now, sometimes they're masked by our old thinking and all kind, and they're covered up, but we get this new heart and with these new desires. And God just, in that state, said, Lord, this is what I want. And God just said, I'm with you. It's okay where you are. I'm with you. And he's loving you in that. And then you're going through this journey, uh, and some of the journey is learning to believe God and to hear him. Mm-hmm. And to hear the truth that he loves you. Yes. Did, are you hearing God today? And is God speaking to you in an audible voice? Hello, Cheryl. <laughs> this is God. <laughs> Let me talk to you. <laughs> How, what does that even mean, listening and hearing from God? I mean. For me personally? For you personally. What is, yeah. what is for that? For me personally, it's, it's really beautiful. Um one of the, he speaks to me in songs, through people, um, through beautiful flowers and nature, uh, through Adele, one of my favorite songs uh, that I knew it was the father drawing me to him was um, when she sings, I'd go hungry 
I'd go black and blue. I'd do, I'd do anything for you to make you feel my love. I wept like a baby. I kept, I must have played it 10 times in a row. A secular song? <laughs> Are you kidding me? God is working through Adele? Yes. I wanted to write and tell her, you have touched, what? God has used you to touch my heart in such a beautiful way. You ought way. to write her. Yeah. So through, mm. it's, and I like it that I can't plan it. Right. I don't know. He, I may not hear him today, but he's there. But sometimes I actually sense, oh, you're that you're singing over me. You mm. love me, um, and you're sending. Oh, oh, some it could be you, Vernon, or it could be anyone that just says something that you don't you don't know that you're saying something that I need to hear, or I didn't even know I needed to hear, but it was a revelation of God's love, right. and that's just beautiful because you don't have to orchestrate it, but. But you have to, I think, we have to open our eyes mm-hmm. and know that, and I think it's that assumption that you came to that maybe like like myself and you growing up as well, that you know God doesn't really speak. It's not personal. Mm-hmm. He just commands. And you do this or that, and you pass or fail. Right. But there's, our eyes have to be open that, wait, God's with us. He loves us. He never leaves us. And he's speaking yeah. to us. And loving us through people, through songs, through Adele, <laughs> even. And we love Adele. Yes. If you're listening, I'm probably not. But we love you, Adele. And But all of these ways, God is speaking or singing yeah. his love over us. Yeah, and I try. Um, I don't do this as a religious act or to make God to act. This is just something that is good for my mind, to renew my mind. Uh, and many mornings I just say, God, open my eyes and ears to see you as you visit me today and how, how you're speaking to me today. And again, that's not, I'm not saying that to make God move. Right. He doesn't need yes. me to do that. He doesn't, I'm not God. But it's just for my mind, like to be reminded, he's He's going to visit you today. Keep your eyes open and see how he, who, how, who he sends or what song he sends. Mm. And he's he does. I think he wants to let us know just how intimate of a relationship he has with us. I agree. It's not that God is not talking. I think it's we're not listening and we're distracted. We're on this planet full of distraction. And I think the enemy's strategy is one of not just deception, but distraction. Mm -hmm. And we're distracted from the love of God. We're all these things that happen. Can we receive it? Hey, God's loving me. God's talking to me. He's always for us, never against us. And I think that's the first obstacle to overcome is our mindset about who God is, like you had to overcome, and I know I had to overcome. Yeah. God just loves us. And you know, as I wrap up this episode, uh, I, it could be, if you're listening, maybe like, uh, like Cheryl, you, you've been through a traumatic event, and you don't know what to do. What, what is your next step? Who is this God? You're confused, concerned, and you don't know, well, what do I do? Well, there's no quick fix, <laughs> number one, but there are people who are willing to help, uh, whether it's Grace Ministries, obviously, you give us a call or go to the website, uh, what can we do to help? There's wonderful churches out there, there's people out there, there's, there's uh, awesome secular organizations 
that God can use and does use to help so many people. But one thing we want to encourage you is to first look at your mindset at who is this God? If you're a believer especially, is God your father? Or does that just make you roll your eyes? Yeah, whatever. That's okay. Ask him to reveal himself and his love to you. Ask him to reveal himself as your good father, the one who loves you. I don't know what your next step is. Maybe you've been mulling it over in your mind and you're just talking about it. And, uh, and as we say uh, here on the podcast, you know, and I, all, and I end it this way, sometimes we need to talk and we really need to stop walking and stop and look and listen. But what is your next step to move forward, to know God? Maybe it's time to stop all the talking maybe all the running away and turn to your heavenly father and take a step toward him. Stop talking and start walking. You've been listening to Walking Free, a production of Grace Ministries International in Marietta, Georgia. For more information, go to our website at gmint.org. That's G-M-I-N-T dot O-R-G.